by the author. Today's tale, a proposed game of house risk. Oh, that's bullshit, shouted Toby, throwing his arms in the air in a manner that was far more theatrical than the circumstance warranted. That's the sixth time you've rolled a 12 in a row. Lady Luck is all over me today, little bro, said Stanley, moving his armies into Australasia. You got to learn, you're running with the big dogs now. He should have felt bad humiliating Toby. He'd only come up for a visit, and now here he was getting his ass kicked in front of his girlfriend and all of Stanley's housemates. He had to learn, though. Stanley was the risk king. It's okay, babe. You can help me out, said Rosa, as Stanley triumphantly threw the last of Toby's infantry into the box. The reds were no more. I don't really know what I'm doing anyway. Clearly, you're trying to defend Canada with four infantry pieces. Bryony is going to wipe you out on her next go, snapped Toby, crossing his arms fiercely. He'd promised himself he wasn't going to get upset. He didn't want to look like the petulant child in front of all of Stan's friends. The combustible mixture of risk and his brother had been his undoing. He was livid. All right, calm down. I beat you, said Rosa, clearly annoyed. She knew this was going to happen. Toby was a horrible loser, and he wasn't exactly on great terms with Stanley right now. Vince and Bryony looked vaguely amused. Forget it. I'm going to grab another beer. Toby stomped from the room. Stanley was being unbearably smug. You'll go, Vinny, he said, passing over the dice. Vince knew exactly what his next move would be. The problem was, if he failed, Stanley would obliterate him in next time around. And that would be that. And he couldn't bear it if Stanley won again. Brownie smiled at him encouragingly. It was time to be daring. Vince was wiped off the face of the risk planet on Stanley's next go. He grumbled something about having an early start the next day and headed to his room, despite it only being 8.30. Clearly, the idea of Stanley's gloating was too much for him. Rosa was next to go on Bryony's next turn. She'd got lucky, but Rosa's defence was naive. She heaved herself up, announcing she was going to find Toby, who was no doubt sulking in the kitchen. The game was down to two. Bryony looked at Stanley. He was wearing the look he wore the first time they'd met, the look of lust and drunkenness. Was he getting off on this? It wouldn't surprise her. She sometimes forgot why she'd agreed to move in with him. He was a lecherous ass most of the time, and so arrogant. He was only marginally better than the crackhead she lived with before. She wanted to win. Stanley, however, knew he had the game sewn up after the first six exchanges. Risk was his game, probably because he was so ambitious and successful and everything. He loved this. His brother had only beaten him once, ever, and that had been when Stanley had been concussed after falling off that wheelie bin. He smiled widely at Bryony, who shot back a look of sheer resentment. Stanley was still fairly sure he was going to sleep with her eventually. He had definitely caught her looking at him as he got out of the shower a couple of times. He should probably stop sleeping with her friends if he wanted to, to achieve that, though. Oh, just get it over with, 
Bryony said, as Stanley made a whole song and dance of moving all his armies to Quebec, ready to massacre Bryony's last remaining armies in the Greenland. You should be hanging out with your brother anyway. Yeah, that's a good point, said Stanley, frowning. He better not be fucking on my bed. Bryony scoffed as Stanley tossed the dice. It was a full house one more time. And he's done it! He is the most dominant fucker on the whole goddamn planet! Stanley Richardson wins again! He yelled at the top of his lungs as he stood up, waving to fake applause and looking up to the heavens. There is just no stopping this man! Whatever. See you tomorrow, Stanley, Bryony said, getting to her feet and walking out of the lounge. Stanley continued to celebrate on his own for a few moments before getting out his phone and photographing the board. He posted the photo on Instagram for his 34 followers with the caption, just dominated risk, hashtag epic, hashtag world domination. He chucked all the playing pieces and the board back in the box and left to find Toby. He wasn't in the kitchen or the bathroom. If he and Rosa are fucking, I'm going to rip his head off, he muttered to himself as he walked up the stairs to his bedroom. He walked along the landing to his master bedroom at the front of the house and went to open the door. It was locked. Motherfucker, he said before banging his fist into it. Hey, let me in, you little shit. He still enjoyed calling Toby this, despite him being 20. Sorry, Stanley, this is my territory now, came the response from inside the room. Toby smiled. Ha ha, very funny. Come on, mate, open up, Stanley shouted. Toby didn't respond. Stanley waited a few moments before banging again. Toby, open up. Stop showing off in front of your girlfriend. There was, a, there was another long pause. Stanley started slamming the door with such ferocity that Vince and Bryony emerged from their rooms. What the hell are you doing? Asked Vince, bleary-eyed in his dressing gown. Toby has locked me out. Have you been crying? Asked Stanley. Vince looked awkwardly at the ground. Why has he locked you out? Bryony inquired, looking faintly amused. Just then, Rosa spoke from within the room. Stanley, we declare a game of house risk. Stanley was getting annoyed now. Let me talk to my shithead little brother, please. Stanley yelled at Rosa as Vince and Bryony looked on, intrigued. You'll have to go downstairs, I'm afraid. Whilst you've been up here banging on this door, he climbed out the window and has now secured the lounge as well as the kitchen, Rosa explained. Stanley's face dropped. Before he could move, Bryony and Vince ran back to their rooms, slammed their doors and locked them. The game was on. Day one. Vince awoke from a refreshing sleep. He jumped out of bed and walked to his door. It was undamaged. Stanley hadn't tried to break in during the night. He wasn't totally sure of the rules of house risk, but he wouldn't put it past Stanley to start kicking in doors as soon as the game was declared. He sat back down on his bed and thought, thought about strategy. He couldn't let Stanley win this. He was quite happy to see it out in his room whilst the others broke. Vince was a patient man. Hadn't he proved that? However, if he was going to be under siege, he would need some provisions, some tin goods, water and something to defend his space. Perhaps he could make contact with Toby and exchange something in order to get to his kitchen cupboard. That was impractical, however. Stanley would no doubt have ears everywhere. And besides, what did he have to trade? There was nothing for it. He was going to have to climb out the window and go to the shops. As for the defence, 
He had his desk and his golf clubs in his room. That would have to do for now. He swiped all the junk off of his desk and onto his immaculate floor, flipped it onto its side and pushed it up against the door. He went to his cupboard and pulled the shiny driver out of, the, out of his golf bag and sat looking at the door in contemplation. A lock on a desk would have to do for now. He was keen to keep his bed as it was for the moment. Vince loved his sleep. He wandered to the window and looked out of it. The drop wasn't too bad, and with his height he could probably clamber up the fence at the side of the house and haul himself up from the windowsill. Stanley was short and non-athletic. It would be the height of stupidity for him to attempt it. Then again, Stanley would probably resort to it to the attempt if he was desperate enough. Vince figured he was safer now. Stanley would concentrate on Toby anyway. He put his driver down, strapped his gym bag around himself and hauled open the window. He climbed up on the sill, looking back at his defences before clambering out and swinging his feet onto the garden fence. Rosa had slept less well. She wasn't overly keen on the game, but Toby seemed determined to beat his brother and she wanted to make him happy after the month he'd had. Still, this seemed a little ridiculous. Toby had opened up his Find Me app in order to track Stanley's movements. He proceeded to give Rosa hourly updates all through the night. Careful, he's lingering outside your room. Kiss, kiss, kiss. And get some shut-eye, he's passed out in the bogs. She was getting some goddamn shut-eye when that one came through. Now, in the cold light of day, she was hungry. Toby hadn't texted in a while, and she was wondering whether everyone had just given up and forgotten to tell her. She was just about to unlock the door when a text came through. He's gone down the side of the house to try and get into Vince's room. Open your window. Kiss, kiss, kiss. She hurried over, yanked open the window and looked down. Toby's head was sticking out of the bottom window, grinning up at her. You look outstanding this morning, he said with that cheeky look he gave her when he was feeling particularly flirty. You look like a man who has been up all night tracking his brother like a runaway pet. Rosa responded with a little smile. Toby blew her a kiss. I'm sorry about all this, babe. I just can't let him win. Here, take this. And he threw up several lengths of string tied together. Rosa caught it neatly. Pull it up. Careful, it's heavy. Rosa started to tug as Toby helped a mop bucket out of the window. She yanked it up and brought it into Stanley's room. It was full of water, biscuits, crisps, rice crackers, cheese and lots of other goodies. Rosa sighed. Why is it in a mop bucket? She asked, fearing that she already knew the answer. It's for you to, you know, Toby said, looking immensely guilty. I'm not peeing in a fucking bucket, Rosa screamed. She was willing to play, but she drew the line at shitting where she ate. Suddenly there was a clattering from the side of the house. Quick, he'll be coming back soon, Toby said, frantically. Shut your window and block your door. I'll sort out the toilet thing, I promise. He drew his head back in and slammed the window. He better, thought Rosa. She sat down on Stanley's bed and picked up the packet of chocolate digestives. It was better than nothing for breakfast. Stanley, meanwhile, was enjoying a fry-up with all the trimmings. He'd slept horribly in the bathroom, but he figured that would be the best place to occupy from his list of options. He'd locked it shortly before leaving to make sure no one snuck in for a wee. It was only a matter of time before their bladders got the better of them. He was annoyed he couldn't reach Vince's window. His hip still hurt from falling off the fence, but no matter, Vince would definitely break first. 
He was supposed to be at work the next day, and Stanley knew he didn't have the guts to call him sick. However, his brother was stubborn. He knew Toby was pissed at him for not coming to the funeral, but that was no excuse to take over his house. Stanley would play his little game, though, and win. Just then, his brother was calling. Maybe he'd given up, like he did so often when they were kids. He thought about ignoring the call, but it was his little brother. He picked up the phone. Giving up already, he said, taking another bite of hash brown. Hardly. Are you enjoying your fry-up? Toby responded. How did he know? It dawned on Stanley as he threw down his fork. He'd left that stupid Find Me app on again. That's how Toby had known he had gone bowling when they were burying his dear grandmother. What do you want, Toby? I see you've locked the bathroom. We would like to negotiate a toilet truce. Stanley scoffed. No chance. That's my territory. You'll have to take it off me. He picked his fork back up and started shoveling beans into his mouth before saying, You know the rules. Toby took a long time to answer. Fine. Hey, Rosa, he's not going to give up the keys. No, sorry, babe. You'll have to go in the waste paper basket. Wait, wait, wait. Don't. Stanley sighed. No one was defecating in his room. Well played, little brother. Fine. The bathroom will be a neutral zone from seven till nine this evening. And you won't steal our territory? That's the rule. Stanley let out a growl of frustration. Okay, I promise. Good. And with that, Toby hung up the phone. Stanley quickly switched off his Find Me app before finishing off the remainder of his fry-up. This was going to be harder than he thought. Brownie reflected on what an odd day it had been as she showered herself that evening. She hadn't really known whether to carry on with the game when she woke up, but that smug look Stanley had given her the night before kept on playing through her mind. So she had stuck it out. She was halfway through applying her mango face cream when Toby had knocked on her door in the mid-afternoon. He had told her all about the bathroom truce and how Stanley had given up on trying to sneak down the chimney and had gone down the pub. The truce was to start early so they'd all be able to shower and wash properly before he returned. She was relieved that everyone else had been taking it as seriously as her, though Rosa looked like she was ready to pack it in. Toby had been quietly consoling her in Stanley's room when Bryony had gone downstairs to use the bathroom. She thought about work. She didn't have to be at the restaurant till the next evening, and hopefully Stanley would have cracked by then. If he was already so desperate that he was behaving like a demented Santa Claus, then surely one more night on the bathroom floor would break him. Vince, though, what was he going to do? He hadn't called in sick for the three years she'd lived with him. Would he do it for a game? She was betting he wouldn't, and Stanley would know that. As she dried herself in her room, there was a knock at the door. Who is it? She shouted, hastily pulling on her pyjamas. It's Vince, don't worry, he's still at the pub. She turned the key and released the deadbolt. You promise you're not going to try and take my territory? She asked. Cross my heart, he responded. She opened the door. Vince stood there with his arms full of water, tinned food and snacks thought you might need to stock up. This appeared to suggest that Vince would indeed give up the next morning. Aren't you going to need them? Brownie asked, relieving him of his burden. No, I'm okay. I went to the shop like nine times. He was smiling. Brownie looked at him with astonishment, and I, uh, I took some holiday. He is not winning this. Brownie beamed. 
Vince had a rebellious side after all. Who'd have thought it? Good on you, buddy. She gave him a playful punch on the arm. He laughed a little, his hand making making an involuntary movement as if to punch her back. He looked at the ground, then back at her. Maybe during tomorrow's truce you could come round for tea in my room? I bought a hot plate, he said nervously. Bryony beamed at him. Sure, sounds good. She gave him a little hug. Night, Vince. Night. And with that, he walked sideways and back to his room. That evening, Bryony was having an uneasy sleep when there was a crash at her door, and then another. So loud she jumped out of her bed and instinctively picked up her bedside lamp. Who the fuck is it? She shouted. It's Stanley. I'm taking your territory. He was slurring. Must have got pissed and decided this was the best tactic. Bryony threw aside her lamp and started pushing her bed towards the door. Fuck off, Stan. You can't just break in. She slammed the bed against the door and started dragging her cupboard as well. The banging stopped. Bryony waited, breathing heavily. A whisper came from beyond the door. You know, we could team up, Bryony. We're the best at this. We could have this game ended by tomorrow morning. Vince will crumble like an oxo cube if you side with me. She looked at the can stacked on the floor at the water in her mini-fridge. There was no way she could betray Vince after such a generous gesture. Enjoy sleeping on the bathroom floor, Stan, she spat. Stanley lingered outside the door for a few moments. Brownie thought he was going to start ramming the door again, but the sound of creaking floorboards confirmed that Stanley was heading downstairs. Brownie heaved a sigh of relief before collapsing back on her relocated bed. Day two. Toby slept restlessly that night. Although he knew his territory was safe as long as Stanley didn't smash the windows, Rose's goodnight text had been frosty. This is getting ridiculous. Talk to your brother. Not even one solitary kiss for him. He knew she wouldn't understand how important this was. He thought briefly of getting her to climb out the window and into the lounge, but then Stanley would have his base, and who knows what plan he would hatch from there. Toby's phone was close to dying as well. Luckily, he had Stanley's laptop to make contact if he couldn't get a hold of Rosa to send down the charger. He was dozing when, sometime around 8am, he heard a commotion at the window. He looked up from the sofa cushion to see Stanley wedging a thin piece of wood into the base, trying to pry open the window. He jumped off the sofa and ran to the window, holding it shut. Stanley looked at him with a maniacal grin. This one doesn't luck, little bro. He said triumphantly. I'm going to wait here all day. Good luck talking to Rosa. Toby looked around, panicking. He had to find something to keep the window shut. There was definitely some sort of tape in one of the kitchen drawers. He'd noticed it when he was taking inventory of his food. But that was at least 15 feet away. Stanley continued to wedge the wood in the window. The bastard couldn't beat him. Not now. He made his decision. The bookcase was just about in reach. Toby grabbed the side with his spare hand and shimmied it over, sending the four books and a large amount of DVDs spilling onto the floor. With one swift movement, he pulled the case to to cover the entrance, let go of the window and sprinted for the kitchen. He could hear Stanley slowly hauling the window open as he rooted through the drawer. And there it was, duct tape, the saviour of his mobile infantry. He spun around to see the bookcase being shoved out of the way. There was only one thing for it. He ran out the window. This is for Grandma! 
he yelled as he launched himself at Stanley, knocking him out of the window and almost going with him. Toby dragged himself back inside, knocking over the bookcase. Stanley got to his feet and lunged for the windowsill just in time for Toby to slam it shut on his left hand. Ow, you fucker! Stanley yelled, withdrawing his hand. Toby shut it properly and started sealing it up. He looked up at Stanley. His face was etched in fury and there was something of an evil smirk hovering around his lips. He sat down in the front garden, staring at Toby, waiting. Toby whipped his phone off the sofa. It was dead. He threw it aggressively onto the cushions and walked over to Stanley's laptop. He'd have to send a message to Rosa that way. But to Toby's dismay, the browser wouldn't open. He refreshed a few times, but to no avail. He clicked on the network, but it was gone. Stanley had unplugged the router. He walked to the window. Stanley was lying on his arms, his maniacal grin back on his face, looking even more demented with the rapidly swelling bruise on his face. I can wait all day, brother dearest. Vince was bored of the game by midday. He spent most of the morning reading a dreadful book on, the, on management techniques when he realised that on his day off he was spending his time trying to better his work ethic. He was now sat on his windowsill counting the bricks on next, next door's wall. His phone beeped. It was Bryony. Fancy coming over for some tinned peaches? B. Kiss. Vince smiled involuntarily and wrote back. Can we risk it? Won't Stan Mussolini sneak in? He sat for a few moments, staring at the wall which Bryony was sat behind, his smile widening. The response was brief. Take precautions. B. Kiss. Vince jumped off the windowsill and grabbed his driver. He removed all of the obstacles and listened at the door. No sign of Stan. The bastard was probably waiting, but to hell with him. Worst case scenario, he loses a room. Then he could stay with Bryony. He thought fleetingly of letting Stan have it. But when Vince opened the door, the coast was clear. He locked the room behind him and quietly knocked at Bryony's door. It's Vince, he whispered. Bryony unlocked her door and quickly opened it, pulling Vince in before slamming it behind her. She looked amazing considering she'd been under siege for the better part of two days. Her short blonde hair was immaculate and she looked well rested. Vince's curly brown hair was all over the place and he was aware he was wearing yesterday's clothes. Good afternoon, Sergeant Vince. Fancy a peach? She asked, presenting him with an open tin. Don't mind if I do, Miss... Miss Bryony? Vince had never got to grips with the whole flirting thing. He took the tin, his face burning red with embarrassment. Bryony just laughed. She was so pretty when she smiled. So, I've been thinking. We can't exactly hit Stanley over the head with a golf club, she said. Ideally, we need something that will temporarily incapacitate him. Without leaving any permanent physical or mental scarring, you know. Vince was amazed at how seriously Bryony was taking this. But then again, the thought of having an excuse for temporarily incapacitating Stanley was too good to turn down. Vince fought hard as he chewed his tin of peaches. How about some sort of pressure hose, he suggested. Brownie shook her head. Thought of that, we need a water supply. Plus, it's not going to keep him at bay for very long. She She lay down on her bed, shutting her eyes in concentration. Some sort of net, maybe? A trap? I don't know how we'd set it up without him noticing. I don't know how to set it up at all, come to that. 
said Vince. He looked at Bryony, massaging her temples. How many times has Stanley undermined him in front of her, made him look foolish or inadequate? All those times that Vince felt like hurting Stanley, there was one fantasy that reoccurred. Taser! exclaimed Vince, clapping his hands together. Bryony jumped from her bed, looking ecstatic. You're a genius, she said, wrapping her arms around Vince and kissing him on the cheek. Vince felt himself going red again. I know a place as, as well, she said excitedly. My friend used to be a policeman. W why isn't he anymore? inquired Vince. Because he stole loads of tasers. They confiscated most of them, but he managed to hide a few. He fucking hates Stan as well. He'll probably lend it to us for free. Vince laughed. They packed some supplies in a bag, made sure Bryony's door was secure, and shimmied down the drainpipe. Vince tried to be gentlemanly, attempting to support her on her climb down, but Bryony was fine. They crept through the garden and clambered over the back gate into an alleyway, Vince giving Bryony a leg up to climb the fence. This is one of my better days off, he thought, as he climbed over after her. You idiots, Stanley whispered to himself as he watched Vince disappear over the fence. He looked up at Bryony's room. It was much easier to access, with the drainpipe conveniently fitted with footwells. This is where his fight back began. His brother would have to wait. He fetched the huge bag of tools he bought from being Hugh that morning from behind the bins and started shimmying up the drainpipe. It was tricky with a bag, but he managed to pull himself up onto Bryony's windowsill. He caught his breath for a moment before extracting the piece of wood he'd used on his brother's territory that morning and pried open the window. He crawled into the room unceremoniously and landed onto the floor. So this was Bryony's room. He hadn't been allowed in here since he'd slept with one of her friends on her bed. What was her name again? Claire? Stanley thought he should call her when this mess was over. His thoughts turned to Bryony and Vince teaming up as he sat down at her desk. Had he not graciously offered to partner with Bryony the night before? And now she was partner with Vince, that spineless coward. He was amazed Vince was still competing. Maybe that's where they were going, to profusely apologise to his boss. He'd probably cry, the little bitch. He examined himself in the mirror. The blow to the cheek his brother had administered earlier was swollen. His hip appeared to be bruised from falling off the fence the day before, and he was fairly sure he'd broken a finger or two. He looked tired and unkempt, but this, Stanley thought, was the face of a warrior. So, if Vince and Bryony were together, he had to secure Vince's room as well. That would cut off Rosa. She wouldn't last much longer. No doubt she was already livid with Toby. Then the upstairs was his. He needed Vince's room, though. He started pulling tools out of his bag. He could try unscrewing the door hinges, but that would be too time-consuming. The two of them could be back at any minute and gang up on him. He needed something quick and simple. He extracted the gigantic sledgehammer from the bag. Stanley had known from the start that he would have to use it eventually. Why else would he have bought it? Besides, he could afford to get the wall fixed afterwards. Hell, he could probably make an offer to the landlord couldn't refuse and buy the place. He walked over to the wall and tapped it. It wasn't load-bearing. It sounded like plasterboard and soot. Vince probably listened in on Bryony when she brought a guy back, sobbing uncontrollably as he jerked himself into oblivion. 
Fuck it, Stanley shouted. He swung the sledgehammer back and smashed it into the wall. Bryony was having a great day. She and Vince had decided to go for a late lunch after picking up the taser from Dominic. Dominic had been more than willing to let them borrow it, so long as they took a video of Stanley being electrocuted to send to him. Over a distinctly average Bella Italia meal, they had fun imagining the scenarios in which Stanley would feel their collective wrath. Bryony had never seen Vince like this. He was so relaxed, so fun. He was usually such a boring stick in the mud. Oh, he's so tight and shy. House risk had brought out the best in him. She felt slightly guilty as they climbed back over the garden fence. Stanley was sure to target Vince's room before Bryony's, and they'd been gone for a long time. Bryony had insisted on another glass of wine, and now, and now they were a little tipsy. She had assured Vince that Stanley would get his comeuppance eventually, and he didn't put up much of a fight. Vince came over the fence after her, surveying the surroundings. He grinned at Bryony. Race you to our territories! And before Bryony could respond, he scampered off up the garden. Bryony tore after him, reaching a drainpipe just as he climbed up onto the fence. She was only halfway up when Vince had hauled himself onto his windowsill. His face dropped. Ah, son of a bitch! Bryony stopped climbing. What is it? she asked. You better see for yourself. Bryony continued her ascent until she could see through her window. There was Stanley, standing in a gigantic hole in the wall between Bryony and Vince's room, waving at them in turn. Vince started to desperately pull open his window, but it had evidently been sealed shut. Bryony climbed onto her windowsill to find the same with hers. Fuck this, I'm breaking in, Vince said, pulling his elbow back, ready to smash. No, don't, you'll hurt yourself, Bryony said with concern. She envisioned him losing his balance and falling down. She didn't want that to happen. Stanley was throwing disco shapes in the hole now, taunting them. Bryony felt the taser in her jacket pocket. Come on, let's make an alliance with Toby. All of us versus Stanley. And the first chance we get, we'll tase him into, in, until his greasy hair falls out. She said, swinging back onto the drainpipe. That arsehole had gone too far this time. Payback was going to be remorseless. The two of them climbed down and made their way to the front of the house. Toby was stood on a sofa, yelling upwards. Rosa, if you can hear me, please shout back. Bryony knocked on the window. Toby jumped, before realising it wasn't Stanley. He looked at them suspiciously. We come in peace, said Vince, raising his hands. Toby tentatively unlocked one of the windows and pulled it open. Stanley has taken over our rooms, Bryony said quickly. That mad twat has knocked a hole through our walls. Didn't wonder what all that banging was, said Toby, stroking his chin. We want to team up, all of us versus him, said Vince, looking more determined than Bryony had ever seen him look before. Toby carried on stroking his chin for a moment. Okay, you're welcome here. As long as you rescue Rosa and bring her downstairs, then we can figure out how to beat my funeral dodging shit of a brother, he agreed finally. Rosa was feeling immensely uncomfortable. She had run out of food, hadn't heard from Toby all day, needed the toilet, and worst of all, boredom had set in like a dry rot. She was about to leave in the middle of the afternoon when Stanley had started knocking gently on her door and acting creepily. Rosa, it's just you and me up here. Why don't we team up? She ignored him at first until he said, 
You're far too attractive for my brother anyway. You should be hanging out with me, you know. Fuck off, you weirdo, she shouted, losing her head completely. Suddenly, she was determined again. Even if she wanted to kill Toby, she would rather see his older brother suffer. She dreaded to think what their parents were like. But it was getting late now, and the need for the toilet was getting ridiculous. She kept thinking the best thing to do was to let Stanley have the room. He'd obviously taken over the other housemates' bedrooms. That must have been what all that banging was about. So how long till he took this one by force? She shuddered to think what she'd do if her door was smashed in and there was Stanley looking like Jack Nicholson from The Shining. Smash! Rosa jumped out of her skin. One of the windows had been shattered by a flying rock. She cowered into the corner, breathing heavily. Sorry about that. Was only supposed to get your attention, shouted Vince through the window. Rosa got to her feet, shaking, and walked slowly towards the window. Before she reached it, however, Bryony came climbing in. I'm so sorry. We were trying to get you to open a window. Vince decided to throw a small boulder, though. I think he's rather pissed off about his room getting trashed, she said, pulling herself to her feet. Toby sent us. We're teaming up. Grab your things. Let's go. Rosa was still in shock from the stone through the window, but started gathering up what little supplies she had regardless. The phone charger, the water, and Stanley's cricket bat were all packed into Rosa's rucksack, whilst Bryony kept guard at the door. Wait, do you have access to the toilet? Rosa asked before she climbed. We sure do. Stanley's barricaded the stairs using clothes horses, ironing boards, and various other crap, but we got the hole downstairs, so the bathroom is ours, Bryony said, and added with a hint of urgency. Now get climbing before you realise what's going on. Rosa hastily threw her bag out of the window to Vince. Toby was outside, ready to help her down. Babe, I'm so sorry. I'll punish you later. First, I need to get to the bloody toilet, she said, lowering herself out of the window. Day three. Bryony woke with a start. She'd totally forgotten about work the night before. Why hadn't they called? She turned over on the sofa and grabbed her phone. Vince was twitching in his sleep, lying on the floor next to her. He looked adorable, all curled up with a sofa throw on top of him. She brought up the camera function on her phone and took a photo of him. She smiled as she put it up on Instagram. She then checked her call list. No one at work had tried to make contact. She was probably fired. She didn't much like waiting on tables anyway, but the manager was always very sweet to her. Just as she thought this, she received an email from him. Hey, Bryony, Vince told me what you're in the middle of. I hate Stanley. He always comes in trying to get a free meal just because he knows you. Beat him. See you in a couple of days, Darren. Bryony was elated. All she had to do now was win. She rolled back onto her side and watched Vince. He had been such great company these last few days. Bryony felt a pang of regret about not having hung out with him more up, to, up until now. He'd always asked her, but Bryony could never be bothered. Her room might be ruined, but at least she'd finally got to know someone she'd virtually ignored for the last three years. There was a loud bang from upstairs. Toby sat bolt upright on the floor, grabbing Stanley's cricket bat. What is that fucker up to? said Rosa sleepily from the other sofa. He's been banging around most of the night. Toby lay back down. He looked utterly exhausted. Rosa was obviously still angry with him, but she seemed to have discovered a new verve for the game. 
She kept on trying to get them to talk strategy the night before. Bryony couldn't think of what to do short of physically throwing him out of the window, a task Vince seemed more than willing to take on. She continued to stare at him. Vince opened his eyes. Bryony quickly looked away. Have we won yet? he asked, stretching. Not yet. We've still got to get up there and taser the fucker, Bryony said, ruffling his hair. Let's get some nice food first, Vince said, sitting up. I think it's time we felt a little bit normal again. You guys shower and get dressed. I'll go and get us some things. He stood up, pulling on his jacket. Bryony was watching him again. He smiled at her before bending down and kissing her on the cheek. I'll be back in an hour or so. He strode through the hallway and out of the front door. Bryony felt her cheek. Vince Steinberg. Could he be the man to win house risk for them? Toby sat cross-legged on the threadbare carpet, clutching his brother's cricket bat. He could barely keep his eyes open, and his brain had gone all fuzzy. He just couldn't think of a strategy to end this thing. Rosa sat snoozing on the sofa, her dark hair all over the place. He felt awful about all of this. They hadn't been together very long in the grand scheme of things, and here he was, forcing her into a ridiculous game. This was Stanley's fault. He brought out the absolute worst in Toby. He always had. Rosa? He asked, his voice croaking. Hmm? She replied, keeping her eyes shut. I promise this isn't for too much longer. Hmm? She readjusted in her seat and sighed as she went back to snoozing. He stood up, kicking off his pins and needles and walked into the hallway. Steam was oozing out from under the bathroom door as Bryony showered. Toby looked up at the flight of stairs. It was diff- difficult to see what was going on. It was dark and the stairway was blocked with various bits of junk. Maybe it was just time to talk to his brother, try and end this. He wanted to beat Stanley more than anything, but for the sake of his sexual relationship, Toby thought this had gone on long enough. He sat down on the bottom stair and pulled out his phone. This was costing him every ounce. He would tell his brother exactly what he felt about him and give up. He could be the bigger man, leave the house and maybe catch a film with Rosa before getting the train back home. It was a sensible thing to do. He looked up his brother's number and hovered his thumb over the call button. He let out a gargantuan sigh and pressed call. He heard the phone ring upstairs. The sound of Stanley's footsteps could be heard from the landing. There was a pause as the phone was answered. Stanley breathed heavily, sounding like some pervert on a particularly debauched sex line. Hello, little brother, he said in his most oily voice. Toby grimaced, thinking of what to say. But before he could respond, someone whipped the phone out of his hand and hung up. Toby looked up. Rosa held his phone in an outstretched arm. Wearing such a severe look, Toby was slightly scared. We started this together, we're finishing this together, she said, before walking back into the lounge with his phone. Toby was dumbfounded. He really had the coolest girlfriend in the world. Stanley looked at his phone. His brother had just hung up on him, the cheeky little shit. Stanley thought about calling him back, but decided against it. He went and sat in the corner of his darkened room, feeling murderous. So, little brother, he whispered to himself. I will destroy you all. Rosa stood looking up at the ceiling. Maybe if she fought about it hard enough, Stanley would fall over and hurt himself. 
at which point they could dismantle the stair blockade, pick him up, throw him out on his ass, declare him the loser, and then maybe her and Toby could go home and talk about his psychotic family. But it wasn't to be. She was getting frustrated with the others in action. Vince had been gone for hours. Bryony was anxiously waiting for him to return, and Toby had descended into a jittery mess, jumping every time there was a bang upstairs and persistently running his hands over a shaved head. Rosa had twice been outside to see whether there was a way in, but the window that Vince had smashed the night before had been blocked up, and she didn't feel comfortable smashing another one. She was only a student and couldn't afford to pay for a replacement. Her patience was wearing thin, though. Vince had promised good food, but he was yet to return, so they had to eat mouldy bread and crisps for lunch. A huge crash came from above. She was used to this by now, though this time there was multiple bangs like a slow hammering. Suddenly there was a smash coming from the bathroom. Rosa ran towards it and yanked the door open. The bath had cracked under the weight of plaster and splintered floorboards. As Rosa looked up, Stanley hastily covered a huge hole in the ceiling with what looked like a, like a wardrobe. You are a psychopath, Rosa shouted as Toby and Bryony appeared by her side. Bryony looked disgusted. You've gone too far, Stanley, she yelled. She examined the bath. It had been cleaved in two down one side and looked thoroughly worse for wear. Toby started breathing heavily. Rosa grabbed him by the arm. It's all right, Toby. We'll get him back. He looked angrier than Rosa had ever seen him. Fuck it. I'm throwing him out of the window, he said, trying to get free from Rosa's grip. I said, don't worry, babe. We'll get him back, Rosa replied, keeping a firm grip. Bryony pulled the taser out of her hoodie pocket. As soon as that bastard's in range, I'm going to fry him, she said, looking up looking up at the covered hole in the ceiling. Rosa didn't know what to do. Part of her wanted to let the two of them go, but she wasn't sure whether Toby could live with the guilt of beating his own only brother to death. The front door opened and Vince walked in, carrying a huge array of shopping bags. Sorry I'm late. I went a little overboard. Bryony ran up and hugged him. Rosa wondered when those two were going to get together. He dropped the shopping bags and hugged her back tightly. Toby seemed to soften. He sat down on the ground and Rosa sat next to him, embracing him. I love you, Rosa, he said, a tear forming in his tired eye. I love you too, Rosa said, kissing him on the cheek. And when this is over, I promise you'll never have to see my family again, he said with a little smile. Bryony and Vince split apart from their embrace and Vince turned his attention to Rosa and Toby. What's he done now? He asked. Smashed a hole in the ceiling of your bathroom. He must be up to something, Rosa replied. Either that or he was desperate for a shit, said Vince, smiling. Don't you two worry about anything. I've got a plan. Let's the four of us have a civil evening full of fine dining and expensive champagne, and I'll fill you in. Vince had seldom felt happier in his short life than he did that evening. Sure, his house was ruined, his friendship with Stanley was almost certainly over, and he hadn't slept properly in days. But as he sat at the dining table, wearing a tuxedo, eating a 50-pound steak, while secretly holding hands under the table with Bryony, who was dressed to the nines in a beautiful red dress, he wanted the night to go on forever. You've got a real life of size, Bryony said, looking down at her dress. This wasn't exactly true. Toby's tux was slightly too small for him, and Rosa's silver dress was way too big. 
but he figured he had spent so much time looking at Bryony, he had subconsciously measured her up. You sure your plan's going to work? It's very dependent on how far my brother is willing to go, Toby questioned as he poured everyone another glass of champagne. What? The guy who resorted to smashing walls down after two days. Yeah, the plan will work. Stanley will lose, and he'll get it, and, and he'll get his comeuppance. Vince lifted his now full glass of champagne to them all. I'll drink to that, said Rosa, before taking a sip. After dinner, Vince suggested they watch The Shining. Rosa, who argued that they already had a Jack Nicholson in their house, shot this down. They settled on Casablanca. Bryony curled up on the sofa next to Vince and rested her head on his shoulder. Vince absent-mindedly stroked her short blonde hair all the way through. He almost didn't want Stanley to make his move. We're probably going to have to find a new flat, she said to him halfway through, as Rosa and Toby dosed, still in their evening wear. We should look together, she added, her eyes still focused on the screen. Sure, Vince said, smiling to himself. They carefully put their fancy clothes in their carriers and hung them up in the kitchen before bed. Rosa and Toby sleepily set up a nest of cushions on the floor and crawled under Stanley's duvet, falling asleep almost instantly, cuddling. Vince went to settle himself on the floor. That's okay, you can share the sofa, Brownie said, re-emerging from brushing her teeth. She settled herself down and held open the unzipped sleeping bag. Vince sat up again and crawled in onto the sofa, feeling elated. He lay, he lay next to her as she put, her, uh, put an arm around his waist and placed her head on his chest. She looked at him with bleary eyes. You ready to go if it kicks off? She asked. 100%, he replied. She smiled at him, lifted herself slightly, and kissed him softly. She smiled once more before placing her head back on his chest and closing her eyes. Vince looked over at Rosa and Toby. He must remember to thank them for starting this whole thing. Day 4 Bryony felt like she'd only just fallen asleep when an ungodly banging started right above them. She let Vince go and sat up, looking at the ceiling. The light bulb was swaying furiously as crash after crash hit the ceiling. Dust started raining down on them as the other three also woke. Vince gave her a knowing look. This is it, she said. Rosa started collecting her and Toby's things together as Vince executed the plan. A huge pile of rubble landed just feet from where they had been lying. The psycho son of a bitch could have killed his own brother. Stanley kept on, kept on pounding away, making the hole in the ceiling bigger and bigger as more and more rubble fell down. And then silence. Vince had just finished executing the plan. They all waited. Suddenly, two power hoses descended through the hole. They were on full blast and were writhing madly like panicking snakes without anyone to keep them steady, soaking the living room. Run, Vince shouted, as one of the hoses shot water at the television, causing a minor explosion. The floor was already sodden as they pelted for the front door. He must be getting the water from the bathroom, shouted Toby. He made it to the bathroom door first as the others ran past him and out the front of the house. The bathroom was locked. Toby started throwing himself at it desperately, trying to get it open. Stanley, you lunatic, you're going to destroy the place, he shouted as he kicked at the door. Rosa came back in and grabbed him. Leave it, it's not safe, she said, dragging him away. If he left, would Stanley claim the win? He saw the debris in the stairway was starting to be cleared. 
There was another loud bang from the lounge. Come on, Rosa said, dragging him out of the house. Vince stood just outside the door and watched as the water started trickling into the hallway. Bryony was holding tight to him. He could feel the taser in her hoodie pocket. Stanley had almost cleared his path downstairs now. What if he just charged up the taser and threw it in there? He'd probably be charged for manslaughter, he thought to himself. Besides, his plan would come into effect soon and Stanley would probably electrocute himself in the lounge anyway. Stanley had cleared the path now, mostly thanks to his sledgehammer. He looked triumphantly out at them all, huddled together outside, cold and scared. Oh, what a glorious feeling this was. They should never have teamed up against him. He was the master of risk, the master tactician. Stanley, don't go in the lounge, it's dangerous, Toby shouted. Nice try, little brother. He needed to secure his territory. Stanley walked casually to the front door and slammed it in all of their faces. He lifted up his arms and walked in mock celebration back to the bathroom before smashing the door in with his sledgehammer and turning off the taps. This was his brother's fault. All this damage, he should never have challenged him. Stanley laughed as he decided to dedicate this victory to his late grandmother. He strode into the lounge, looking around at the damage. Who cared? It was all his stuff that was ruined anyway. What assholes Bryony and Vince were, sponging off him for all these years. He sat down on a sodden sofa, throwing his sledgehammer on the floor, and pulled out his MP3 player. It was time for some victory music. He selected We Are The Champions by Queen put on his headphones and stood up, swaying in triumphant bliss. He closed his eyes and started pirouetting around the room like he was Gary Oldman in Leon. He let the music wash over him as he sang along and punched his arms in the air, still with his eyes tightly shut. This was worth it. It was all worth it, just for this feeling. He let the track play out before opening his eyes. Two police officers were stood in the doorway, surveying the damage. Stanley hastily pulled out his headphones. Vince poked his head through the door. See, he's psychotic. He's ruined the house and threatened to hurt us. He's gone mad. Vince told the officers in a panicked voice. Stanley looked dumbstruck. One of the officers pulled out a set of handcuffs. Come along now, son, he said, grabbing Stanley by the arm and placing the cuffs on him. This still counts as a win, though, Stanley. He still had full control of the house. The officer led him down the hallway and out of the front door. Toby was smirking at him. That still counts as a win, you little shit, Stanley spat at him. Oh, yeah, you're a real winner, Stan, Toby said, putting his arm around Rosa. The officer sat him down in the back of the police car and slammed the door. Stanley looked out the window at the four of them. They looked happier than he had ever seen any of them. But how could they be so happy? They had lost. That was a proposed game of house risk from Tales of the Infinitely Possible, read by the author. Next time, an uncomfortable family journey in a silent drive. Till then, Stay competitive. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon.